I'm Kier from In Defense Of, a podcast member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the one you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready, because geekiness begins in three, two, one... Hello and welcome to Undaunted, where each episode I talk with fellow podcasters from all walks of life and discuss what went well, what went wrong, and what just didn't matter. We'll share the good, the bad, the many laughs and lessons along the way. I'm Amos, and today I'm joined by Mark Jelenic, aka you didn't give me an aka, so I'm gonna just gonna say MTJ. Or, um, or we could also go as also known as Mark Jelinek, but you know oh. either way works fine. Well, I mean, there you go. See, we've already had a we've already had some conflict in this episode. It's gonna be a great one. Um, and you do what is it about the weather? And you can find that at www.whatisitabouttheweather.com. That's an amazing domain name, man. That's why the title's so long. I had to find something that no one else had taken. <laughs> Lesson number one. <laughs> How it's kind of like what you tried to do with Undaunted, correct? Uh, yes, actually, we we I I I fought pretty hard to get Undaunted um, sit, situated in a way where I didn't have. Other people competed for me, although I didn't get the Twitter handle. That's Undaunted Cast, but other than that, it worked out pretty good. That's why long names work. They do, and they're easy to remember, when you, especially when you have a common question that a lot of people ask all the time. And what you'll find, though, is people always mess up one of the words in the name, and that's why they can never remember it. <laughs> the, Surprisingly, is- they do that. Every time I'm introduced by somebody, except for you, you did an exceptional job. It, no, they I always d- seem to mess up one of the words. I just go ahead and screw up the name. Um, right. Well, you, you had to get the name of the podcast right then because you got the right host it, name incorrect. It, whatever. It's it's it all comes out in the wash. It's uh, it's one of the one of the lessons that I'm passing on to people, uh, listeners of Undaunted, is you just kind of got to go with it. When sometimes you just just make a decision and move on with life. Yeah, I don't I don't want you to you know have your podcast fail just because you can't say my name. That's not the goal here. <laughs> Um, if, if you're listening to this right now and you haven't, you haven't caught on yet, we've been talking for about 20 minutes and having some good laughs and, uh, we, we've, we met each other through, uh, through Twitter. Actually, you, you did an intro for daily tech news show, which I thought was a really interesting way to get people to listen to your podcast. Cause I'd never heard of your podcast until that time. It is interesting. And you know, the funny thing is you were nice enough to point it out and that day actually, Justin Robert Young was kind enough to kind of halt the podcast in uh, midstream, the Daily Tech News Show podcast, and pay homage to my what you know he called a. I, I think it ultimately ended up be the Christian rock introduction voice. I'm not sure I want to go with that <laughs> tagline, but uh, it was very nice of him. And it's you know it's nice. It's something that Tom Merritt does over on the Daily Tech News Show that I think is is a way to engage his audience. That's really good. I mean, he takes those intros from different people and leverages them so that. Uh, you know, different people can provide a, a fresh feel to the podcast, I guess. Yeah. And what happens is you have people like you that will put that out there. And then as you're going through, and that's how I started listening to your podcast. I'm sure there are others that, that were doing the same thing. And what it comes down to is it's just engagement. That's one more form of engagement. Correct. And, you know, I'm not the whole social media thing. I'm not as good at, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, 
reaching right up on the AARP lining there. So I'm, I'm almost at that point where I get sent that card. So this young social media thing, I'm not as good at. You know, I've, I've engaged in it for years, but I like Snapchat left me behind before it even came out. So I look for ways that I know to, you know, try to engage and that. That was certainly an opportunity to do that. And, and Tom's a great guy. I mean, you know, he daily tech news show. It's been around for a while, but he's, he's been in the, our field of podcasting for a long time and he's just the consummate professional and, Definitely. you know, he's takes feedback from people, introduces people that are nobody to the rest of the world. So it's, it's a nice thing that he does to pay back something that's been good to him. Yeah, a, a couple couple points there. My wife and I were literally having a discussion this morning as I was doing dishes about how neither one of us understands Snapchat at all. Uh, and we're, I mean, we're we're right around. I just turned forty, so and she's a little bit younger than I am. It, it's just it's so completely different. And social media in general is just one of those things that either you get it or you don't. And it's got a lot of lot of different facets to it. And I understand Twitter. I love Twitter been on Twitter since 08 and it's 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 a lovely lovely site whereas my co-host on Ritual Misery Kent he never started Twitter until I forced him to literally told him he had to have an account if we're going to do a podcast and now you you see him in person and he he's looking at Twitter like all the time that's all he does yeah it's that it's that addictive quality to it but you know for most of us, you and I included, Twitter's not the place to be, right? That's that's not where all the young crowd is. But it depends on your audience. So, for instance, in my profession in meteorology, a lot of meteorologists and in our profession, we use Twitter a lot. Or it's been the kind of the main social media platform that most folks use. So I've kind of standardized in, in using that. So I'm not nearly as good at the Facebooks or the Instagram. I'm still trying to figure out how in the world to promote a podcast by Instagram. And I follow a few people that do that, but I don't get it. I mean, I, I just don't get how I get somebody put something on Instagram and that turns into somebody going to my website and actually downloading an episode of a podcast. So I haven't figured that out yet. And, and it's, it's always that mystery because as soon as you figure out Instagram or figure out Snapchat or whatever else, something new is going to come along. And then you have a whole new dynamic on how to turn, turn those that social media platform into a resource for listens and views and feedback. And uh, it's just never ending. It, it will, it's not going to stop. And that's part of the challenge and part of the fun and of not insignificant part of the frustrations of being a podcaster. Sure. And, and you know, with all things podcasting, I, I don't care why you got into it. Our goal in the end is you know, we're cre creating something that we hope other people will enjoy that we hope other people will want to listen to or watch depending on whether you're audio or video or some combination thereof. Mm -hmm. But discoverability is, it's, it's nearly impossible for us run of the mill folk. You know, it's, it's something for somebody like a Tom Merritt who is, you know, people look at it and say, well, how did he get to that? Well, he was doing this in, he's been in media for a long time. This is his yeah. latest outlet of doing that, but it's not a new thing for him. Whereas for you and I, and, and many of the others, you know, we're just another name in the mix and trying to get discovered is a difficult thing and trying to do it in all these different social media platforms is a very difficult thing. And some people luck out and are able to leverage that, you know, you come up with a name like PewDiePie or whatever, and all of a sudden girls go crazy because you announce on Snapchat that you're going to be in Times Square or something, but <laughs> you and I aren't that lucky. We're, we're, you know, we, we have to do it the old fashioned way and kind of clog, you know, and churn through it. Right. And there, there's part of that is that we, we, we're not in media career fields. Like we, we we're not, uh, uh, reporters or, you know, TV personalities or anything else, which is where a lot of, 
a lot of the big uh, podcasts come from, especially just people with a name already in the, you know, like the, a well-known name. And then they carry that into podcasting and all of a sudden their podcast is doing really well. Well, of course, because you've already got a well-known name. People like us, we are enthusiasts. We're people that, in, that really love podcasting. We love the art form of it, or we love the, the style of communication or just the outlet, the open outlet that, that it gives us, but we don't have the name to jump in there. So therefore, you know, we have to, we have to find that, that small ground. And the, if you're looking at download numbers or monetary gain, things like that, one of the best chances we have is to put out content that is really good and really high quality and then be found by one of these small networks of podcasters and maybe get affiliated or get picked up by them and have their resources and their strength in, in podcasting behind us. And man, that's just a whole nother complication. Right. And, and I know you've done that with the, with the Time and Club group. How have you found or how did you get started with that whole organization? And, you know, one of the other things I've noticed with Dive and Club lately, you had Stargate Pioneer on. And I noticed that the Gunna Geek Network is kind of teamed up. So it's almost like networks beget networks. And, you know, again, still trying to be found and all that can be a very difficult thing. So getting on Diamond Club was a matter of, we've been Diamond Club for, for quite a while. At least, you know, I have. It's only been around a couple of years, and I, I jumped in not long after it, be, it became a, a thing um, because I was following, you know, watching several of the shows and following a lot of people that, that formed it, that it, 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 it surfaced around. And when it came time to put Ritual Misery, hey, let's, let's get it, you know, let's do a live stream. And I was chatting with some of the people in Diamond Club and they're like, yeah, you know, so-and-so can do that for you and do this and help you with this and then blah, blah, blah. And it just became a natural evolution. We originally just wanted a chat room. We wanted a live chat room. I was, I was asking them how we can get a live chat room. And two weeks later, we're doing it. We're doing the show live video on diamondclub.com or diamondclub.tv. And that was like an amazing, you know, a jump for us. And since then, it's just been really, really exciting. And I know you've you've built kind of a, and you've mentioned this before, sort of an audience group that watches you live. You know, that's that's part of that Diamond Club group. How do you feel the network? I guess helps you as a underknown podcast. Let's say you know those of us that are that are not the big names. What do you think the network gives you that you don't find kind of just being out, just listed in iTunes or just listed in Google Play? Uh, the real advantage is discoverability. You have other people that are already at a destination and then you get assigned with that destination. Well, then they are more likely to see you. If you're, if someone's already looking at a billboard and then your logo gets spashed on that billboard, they're more likely to see that your logo is there and maybe have fine interest in that. And a lot of it is interaction with other shows on Diamond Club that, people will see my name. And then when, when it pops up that, Hey, so-and-so's live or whatever, they're like, Oh, let me go check that out. And my, my advice on any of that is the more discoverability, the better. If you can get your fingers into five different avenues and you're looking to, to increase your numbers, increase your, your listenership or your viewership or whatever, that's definitely the way to go. It surprises me that you don't have an affiliation, especially with your, you have a very specific niche um, being weather and like the kind of the story behind the weather. 
Yeah, but you know that that means that I'm also a niche and kind of a on an island of one. Sometimes, you know, it's interesting from a network standpoint. I haven't really sought it out. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I would or wouldn't do it, but it was it was an interesting thing when I, I first got started. So there was somebody that's been in the weather kind of podcasting business. There's a group of of meteorologists, mostly broadcast meteorologists, and that's where a lot of people that getting into the podcasting realm on the weather side come from. You know, they're they're either on TV or maybe on the Weather Channel or, or something along those lines. And so they've taken that step and brought that into the podcasting realm. So they already have this natural outlet mm-hmm. of ways to reach an audience. You know, if you're a broadcast meteorologist in a market, like let's say like Atlanta, you know, you immediately have thousands of potential listeners just announcing a podcast, right. the same thing with a weather channel. So a lot of those things, this, there was this one podcast that had been around for years and there really weren't that many others. And then all of a sudden last year, there were six or seven new podcasts. And so the other thing I had to do was carve out myself in a little different way. And a lot of those podcasts, they spent a lot of time talking weather stuff, right? They really get into the weather. They banter around with each other about the weather. So I kind of took a different tact, but I think part of the reason that, for instance, none of these things that I, none of those podcasts I'm aware of are part of a network. And I think the reason that has happened is because they've got these other channels to promote themselves. Right. So I'm kind of the oddball in all that. I don't come from that background. Most of my work in my field has been, you know, kind of behind the scenes. And the other part of that was test betting. I didn't know how this thing was going to go. Right. So, (laughs) so, you know, you, you get started in this and I'm like, you know, it's something I wanted to try, but yeah, I I didn't want to say, oh yeah, let's do a network or join something and then fall flat on my face either. So I I think there's that combination of things is we look and you've done the same thing. Some episodes you feel, you get to the end of the episode and you're like, I want to promote my episode today, or I want to promote the podcast, find us here, find us here. And sometimes you get done and you're thinking to yourself, that wasn't a particularly good episode. I don't even want to tell them how to find me. That that is uh, that is the issue with uh, with being a podcaster, and especially with doing one live because you you can't really go back and and undo the mistakes because it's already out there, it's already been seen, it's already recorded. Um, but you, you talk or about, has it? <laughs> These are not the droids you're looking for. Yeah, there's there's been more than one time that it just didn't didn't record. Um, right. How long have you actually been in podcasting? How long have you been doing? What is it about the weather? Yeah, so I started the podcast a little bit over a year ago. I, I started on leap year day. Right. So February 29th, I did my first podcast and it'll be the podcast that'll go down is the, you know, it was one of those things where I did it and I recorded it and I pushed it out there because I'm kind of a perfectionist by nature, but I I decided I was going to do this thing. So I, I, I recorded it. And I sent it out there and I went, oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> and, and, and you go back and you listen to it, right? Particularly, you know, when, when you're recording and I do, I tend to listen to my episodes, not always right after I do them, but I do try to listen to what I've done before. And immediately I knew I got to get a microphone, right? That, that was the first thing. It was mm. like, oh, this is just horrible. And it wasn't so much that the content was horrible. You, you know, you're stilted in the beginning. You, you, you're not natural in these things. Right. And I still don't know how I sit here and I, I kind of look at a wall and talk to myself. Well, uh, there are probably <laughs> people that know me that think, oh, that's pretty normal. <laughs> but the the going through, it, you know, right away you start seeing these things that you would do otherwise. And that's kind of been the whole thing is over the past kind of year and a half, I did some video episodes in the beginning. I did these little shorter things that were video, but I found mm. that the video in terms of kind of a structured format didn't work for me. It right. was very long to produce and you know, you wanted to make it all very smooth and fit in a five or 10 minute 
kind of window. And that's really hard to do. I'm always amazed. You know, so I have a different appreciation. I, I look at somebody that's on TV now and I go, wow, I, I know how much effort that five minutes of television took. Mm-hmm. Right. So I looked at all those things and it, it just kind of grown from there. And, and, you know, it, it, I kind of say, I guess I'm at a year. Uh, yeah. I've been doing it a little longer year, but I just crossed the 50th audio episode. Right. And so now I start looking at, you know, what's next? You know, where do I go from here? I know you guys went through your, your so-called beta phase. I don't know how anybody can be in beta for a hundred episodes, but, um, you, you, uh, you like to say, okay, I'm still in gremlin mode. It's probably a better way for you guys to say it. Cause I know I, you deal with all sorts of things with not only do you have multiple hosts that are thousand, you're over a thousand miles away, if I remember correctly, oh, yeah. but then you throw into that mix that you have guests on there that are, that are coming in. What have you found? I mean, that's something actually that I'm looking into doing is either a co-host or getting into more interviews, which I've not done yet. But what was the biggest challenge and what have you found are, you know, the, the right mix for dealing with all those complexities? Simplicity is key. That, that's really what it comes down to is you find the simplest, most reliable solution and you execute it as well as you possibly can. Because even with that, things are going to jump in and it's going to add, uh, problems and you're going to have audio problems or internet connection problems, scheduling problems are, are huge. You just keep it as simple as possible. That's, but, but what about when you're live? So, I mean, I, you, you and I both watch Tom Merritt, right? And, and while he has some problems from time to time, they're few and far between. He's also got great co-host, right? right? So if Tom needs to go answer the door because someone rings the doorbell or he's got to cough or quiet his dog and put himself on mute, he's got people that can carry Right. Right. You're, you're not in that luxury position. So <laughs> what happens when you've got a live show going and all of a sudden everything just goes out? Do you just, you know, plug back in 10 minutes later and keep going on that? So the few times that that does happen, that's exactly what we did. We just plug back in. Okay. Where were we? Where, where are we going to just continue on this? Are we going to ignore that, that that happened? Does that add to the situation? Does it add to the conversation? You know, sometimes I've dropped out and the guest and my co-host were still live and still chatting and they tried to cover up, but after, you know, one time I had my power go out and when it came back on, my uh, modem didn't, didn't actually boot back up. I had to go manually do it myself. Well, it took a little time to get all that done. And do we, you know, do we cut that part out? And what it really comes down to is whatever feels best that time. And the, the really, the bigger problem is for us, what happens when one of the, one of the co-hosts, myself or, or Kent, or the guest, because sometimes it's the guest, doesn't feel like doing the show that day. They just, you know, we have a, we have a fairly high energy, uh, fun show. And when someone's down or someone's just wiped from a long week or we, we get the guest on and the guest is just like, uh, you know, this is what sounded awesome in the beginning. But now that we're here, I'm just kind of tired. And I don't know if I want to do this. That is really the biggest hurdle because we're going to record regardless. We're going to do the show. And how do you make up for that? You know, you, you, do you try to push that, that energy to the others or do you just kind of take it as a more chill episode? And then what's, what's the crowd going to say? Because we have a live chat room and that, that adds a certain complexity to it because sometimes the chat room will really add to it. Sometimes the, the chat room will, you start seeing people logging out because the episode is just not doing, not the, the energy, the fun that they want. And then that is like self-defeating because you're seeing that and, but you can't not look at it. Those are the the things that I have turmoil over. 
but you know, I guess the way I always look at it when, when I, when I see these things, and it's, it's the same with download numbers or you and I having this conversation today. And it's one of those things I picked up from public speaking is anybody who's listening to you or watching you. And I shouldn't say anybody, cause there's some people who want ill will on it, on the world. And I get that, right. but most of the people who are watching you want you to succeed. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, and I always try to take that even into the episodes, even though I'm not interacting in a live session and know that whatever I'm recording and whatever I'm pushing out there, that the goal of the person on the other end is they want me to be successful at creating this thing. That's why they've subscribed or that's why they're watching you live. Right. And so I I do think that, yeah, there's always going to be times when, you know, things don't go the way you want to, but you know, to that end, it could just be they're tired. Right. Sometimes. And that's the other way I try to look at things too, is it's not always a reflection of us as host. I mean, we should try to look and improve and grade ourselves and look for ways to be better at what we do. But sometimes it's, they're having a bad day. And sometimes that's just, uh, sometimes I can actually add to the episode when, when one of the people is having a bad day, especially when Ken's having a bad day. <laughs> I like to, I like to jump in there and, and make sure he understands that he shouldn't be having bad days on days when I'm recording. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so then he has a really bad day. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're so kind, and, and then he doesn't show up for pre-show the next week. Um, we, we, we've uh, we've talked about a, a lot of things as far as you know where we are in podcasting, but this last year or so, or, or or year plus that you've been doing this podcast, where have you faltered? Where have you fallen? Where, where what lessons did you learn that you didn't think that you were going to learn? Like where where is podcasting hit you in the gut once or twice? Yeah, I, I would say that the reality is we're never as good as we think we are. And, you know, some people, I, I did an episode not too long ago about kind of 50 questions or so that from the first 50 episodes, I don't think it was 50 questions of what I'd learned and those sort of things. And one of the things was, do you edit or that sort of thing? Cause I know you like Stargate pioneer who you had on, who promotes editing every episode. And I've never even thought about doing that, but I have deleted episodes. Hmm. Now it was intentional. I, I've gotten to the end of an episode and gone, man, that's just bad. <laughs> You know, and, and it's like, part of it is, you know, I'm trying to convey something and that's probably been the hardest thing for me or the constant reminder for me is sometimes you get to the end of it and you realize, what did I just say for 20 minutes? Um, You know, somewhere in your head, it made sense, right? But trying to get it out. And that's, that is where you get an appreciation for, you know, somebody like Tom Merritt, who just always sounds like it just flows out of him. But, and I'll take an example, like Justin Robert Young. You know, who we both know and we've listened to his podcast, but he does a, po- a podcast on politics. And one of the things, you know, there's a lot of kind of silent pauses and, and moments in there. But one of the things that you always feel when that, when he's doing that is you, you walk away thinking he's thinking, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, that he's trying to formulate something. And one of the challenges I've had are the things that, that, you know, I've not had a piece of equipment blow up on me or things, but I get to the end of an episode and I, I get that frustration with, did I convey anything useful? Right. And you just, you get to that feeling and you go, but I got to put it out. It's kind of like you with a live episode. I still have, you know, a a need to meet a deadline. Mm -hmm. And so I I find that the, the more painful things are the ones where you put out an episode that you just don't feel good about. And there have been times, like I said, where I literally, I took 30 minutes of creation and just said flush. And now I've gone right back and re-recorded right afterwards. I've had, you know, fortunately I've had enough schedule time with a shorter, ep- you know, I tend to do things in a 30 minute range and I don't have that live, you know, spotlight hanging over my head. Right. So I'm able to go in and do those things. But the biggest thing right away was equipment. You got, you got to make sure that you spend a little bit of money to do the basics. 
you know, that whether you're doing this for fun or whether you want to make a career out of it, it's going to be an investment. And I know some people call it hobby pocket. I, I don't like the word hobby, you know, but you use the word enthusiast. And I think that's a better way to call it. We do this thing because we, we love doing it, but you've also got to accept, you know, that people aren't going to like you, that people are un- going to unsubscribe and that, you know, and I've had technical things go up and I, you know, I mentioned to you, one of the one I was dealing with in the pre-show where I had something happen with Amazon and all of a sudden I was getting all these downloads and it caused all sorts of chaos for a couple of days. And that can be very difficult. I'm, I feel fortunate enough that I understand technology. Well, that's one of my strengths that I brought in is I, I got the technology side of things going down, but I can't imagine if I, didn't feel comfortable with that, how I would have even stopped the downloads for happening. So I was able to log into the server and really halt things, but right. most people don't know how to do that. Right. Yeah. So there's always, I guess the challenge is it's, it's a little different for everybody. For me, it was, you know, looking at an episode and not feeling good about it or having big tech issues come up. But fortunately I was able to adjust on the fly and that so far, that's been one of the things I think that holds me back from going into a live thing or a co-host thing is I worry that those things are just going to increase tenfold. I, I will, I will tell you right now that as soon as you go live, everything jumps in, in importance and in complexity. And again, you, you got to kiss the process. You got to keep it simple, stupid. Um, and it's, but the rewards, like when we, when we have a show where it hits and the audience is all into it and our guest is, is on and, and man, it's, it's really, really rewarding. But when those times when something's going wrong, the, the audience can't hear you because the recording, the, the audio is not going into the recording or they can't see you, but they can hear you. And it, there's just so many other things that can, that can happen. Um, but it's all part of, you know, part of your, your personal process and how you want to develop it and how you want to make it out there and what you are actually trying to do and, and what, what product you're, you're trying to put out and how much pressure you put on yourself for that product. Yeah. And I, you know, to, to your other point, I, I've heard you say before that you would like to make a living being a podcaster. And I think that any of us that have gotten into it, we have that little glitter in our eye, right? You know, that's like, oh, we're going to, we are going to be a Tom Merritt or, or somebody else who's, you know, come along and and done great things with podcasting. Mm -hmm. But the reality is for most of us, it's never going to happen. Oh yeah. And I I don't want to say that you know, if somebody offered me a job tomorrow to be a podcaster, would I turn, well, I'd take them very seriously, but for most of us, that's never going to happen. And the proof (laughs) is that how many of us are out there doing it. And I think that's also a a harsh thing that if you set yourself up for that in the beginning, that, that my end game is to make money doing this, that can be a very dangerous thing. If you've never spent any time in a career or any sort of outlet where you've had a chance to communicate with people for years because we're just not polished. I mean, no, yeah. no matter how much we try, no matter how much we learn, you know, I know at the end of my recording and at the end of my episode, I don't sound like a, a Tom Merritt or a Scott Johnson or even, you know, anybody else who I listen to that is just smooth with the process. Yeah. But then there's also those podcasters that are out there that uh, at the end of the day, they're, the the product they're putting out doesn't feel smooth. It feels, it, uh, I I don't even know how to explain it right. It feels heavily edited. It feels processed. It doesn't it doesn't sound like a natural speech, but they're very successful. So there's a market out there for for non natural sounding podcasts. It's just it's not one that I'm going to listen to myself. 
Uh, yeah, you know, and, and there's I, I have an interesting case with that in mind. I, did you ever listen to the podcast History of Rome? I did not. Okay, so there, there's a podcast, and I don't remember how many years ago it came out. Now it's been a few years ago, and it was back when there weren't as many podcasters. It's a great podcast in terms of the history of Rome. Right. I mean, it goes through you know hundreds of. I, I don't think it got to two hundred, but you know, tens of episodes, over a hundred episodes in all different segments of Roman history. And it's a very intriguing kind of history podcast. But if you listen to it by your standards or by my standards, from an audio quality standpoint, we would go, Ooh, what, what was going on? And why were, but he was one of those people that got audible to, to back him and those sort of things. But that was one, to your example, right place, right time. Mm-hmm. He was a very good podcaster, very knowledgeable podcaster. And I do think there are cases of that, but I don't think if, if you and I both, I think if we look at it, there are very few cases where you find someone out there that's truly making a living at it. And I mean, a, a really good living. It's the, their full-time job to do podcasting that comes across that way. Yeah, there's always going to be exceptions to everything, but I think generally speaking, you maybe you were in the right place, right time to make that happen. But for the most right. part today, we're now seeing that the influx of other people, it doesn't mean that you can't still do it. And it's a, it's still a great mechanism. Think about how easy it is to just, and that's changed too, how much easier it is to, to start a podcast. Oh yeah. You know, there's also all sorts of even now low cost or free services that even if you don't have the tech background that you can get into it. And if you have something that really interests you, and that's what I tell people, you know, people in, in you kind of ask this with your other things, why did you get into podcasting? Well, one of them was to do that kind of outward facing element of meteorology that I'd never done. You know, would I even like it? But the other thing is I like learning stuff and I like sharing what I learn. But if, if the topic doesn't interest you and if what you're interested in or if what you're talking about with other people doesn't interest you at some base level, your audience is going to know that. Right. right? And they're going to go, why am I listening to this? And they're going to get turned off very quickly too. You ever heard a book report by someone who didn't enjoy the book? Yeah. Maybe once or twice. It's it's miserable for them and for you. And that's how it's going to come out. If you're not passionate about whatever you're podcasting about. That's true. It's very true. Um, and, and it's interesting that you mentioned the uh, the History of Rome podcast, because by the time this airs, another another episode of this show will have mentioned that same podcast um, as, as an influence as to why they started podcasting. Yeah, I don't know that that's why I started podcasting, but I will say that uh, it's a podcast that I've enjoyed. Let's let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, so time time to crunch some uh, some some stats and some numbers, at least internally. Um, how do you measure success of your podcast and what grade would you give yourself? The grading. We always have to get to the grading. And you know, I don't think you've, have you gotten anybody to actually give themselves an official grade? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's been several, I don't know if they're released yet because, well, yeah, my last, the, as of the recording of this show, my last one, um, he gave himself an A. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty, somebody pretty full of themselves. Uh, well, their, 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 their basis of comparison is there's the standard that they're trying to beat is exactly, uh, where they're meeting. So they're, I mean, they're, they have a, an established baseline for where they want to be and they're there. So it's an appropriate grade. Okay. So what, what grade would you give yourself as a podcaster? Uh, I am ever so hard on myself. I'd give myself an F. Wow, that's pretty rough. It's that's just how I see it. I, there's there's so many aspects of podcasting that I I can do better on. That if I had more time, more energy, and more willfulness, that I could probably do better at. 
and the way in which I hold, the way in which I interview people, the way in which I get guests on, the way that, that I talk to the guests when they're on the show, the way that I interact with Kent, my prep work, my post-production, uh, even so much as my artwork. Like every aspect of podcasting is something I seriously feel like I can improve upon. Um, so if not an F, at least at, at best, like a, uh, a C minus. So first off, I would say it's always good to, as I said, get graded and it's good to have other people if, if they're willing to give you a grade, right. Right. To, to assess you, to give you some feedback. If I I remember listening to you guys, you did an episode where I think it was Bonnie Brushwood who gave you guys some feedback on your audio delivery. Mm-hmm. And I remember recording an episode after that and going, so, so, <laughs> so I, I couldn't stop doing it. And, and, but those are the things, and that's what I try to do is I try to look at it. It is one thing to say you can improve. And I agree with, with you. We, we all have to improve. Now, if I look at myself overall, if I were going to give myself a grade, I'd say I'm a C as well. I, I don't, I don't do a spectacular podcast. I don't think I do a bad podcast. Mm-hmm. but there's always components that I'm doing better or worse. And that's what you've got to do. You've got to, you've got to look at your strengths, but don't assume your strengths are always staying up to snuff. Right. And then look to other areas where you can improve. And so I, I guess I try to do it that way and look at it. But the other way I do it is how is the podcast doing in terms of subscribers or downloads? Now I don't have any, you know, magical numbers, this month I'm on track for my first month ever of having 150 downloads a day. Wow. And some of that is someone will find you and download a lot of your old catalog. So I, I discard some of that, but at the same time on, I'm on track also for having for my new episodes. And I use the first two weeks as my baseline. I know some people come back and listen to it later, mm-hmm. but I figure if someone hasn't downloaded it in the first couple of weeks, even if they went on vacation or something like that, it really doesn't count. So I'm also on track to be in the, kind of the a hundred per episode or a hundred per day for that rate. So 700 ish per episode is where I'm at now. Wow. And you, you know, I started it, my first month was 30 a month or, or 30 an episode or whatever it was. Right. So I, I look at that and yeah, it's been in a year and a half and no, I'm not going to get rich doing it that way. But the fact that the, the numbers increase, that's kind of how I gauge it. Now there's, there's tricks to that, right? This time of year in summer, and you probably notice the same things you, you get these kind of just up and down. Some of it is episode driven, like certain people like a, an episode. I did an episode not too long ago about history and weather, which is, you know, is a theme I kind of come back to time, right. time and again in, in the podcast. But I did an episode about is, was weather the reason that we have Mario Kart. And as you can imagine, the downloads from Japan on that one have been significantly larger. (laughs) And, but what's happened since that time is while not all those people stay as subscribers, I do get significantly more Japan downloads than I used to. So that's kind of that discoverability thing. So I do look for that when, when I'm looking and thinking about episodes is, is that element, but I always look at what's the trend. And if the general trend over a long term is in the right direction, I feel good that I'm making improvements. I mean, I, it'd take a lot for me to give myself an A or a B as a podcaster, but those are the things that tell me that I'm at least heading in the right direction. But on the, on the flip side of that, I'm horrible at engagement. Like I haven't figured out it. You know, I mentioned the social media thing and all that. I, I just finally put up a Facebook page, but this gets back to the same thing. Those people in my little niche, this weather niche, most of them don't have a Facebook page, or if they do, 
they don't put much in it. Right. So, and that's part of the challenge with my, my podcast in general and what I look to improve, you know, here I am 50 episodes in. Yeah. It's time to say, okay, what do I want to do that's new and different or how, how might I change things and getting the audience more engaged? Cause you hear that from all the people I, you know, it's it, Stargate pioneer and his better podcasting podcast with Steve. And, you know, they do their little thing and they talk about that, the engagement and they've tried, they've created a new forum for podcasters. Right. Mm -hmm. And they saw it, you know, a bunch of people initially went in and then it kind of slacked off as to how many people were involved, but the engagement's difficult and you got to keep after it. But I'm not that I still haven't figured that part out. I don't, I don't, and I don't know that I ever will, but I'll keep trying to get better at it. <laughs> if we, it, 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 that's like the, 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 the nut to crack. Like if you can figure out how to get your audience, your listeners, your viewers to actively engage with you, to email you, to tweet you or whatever else, that's, that's kind of the, 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 the golden goose. That's, that's the thing that everybody wants. Cause once you have that, once you have that conversation going, you really have an, first of all, unlimited amount of content because you can always in, have that engagement as part of your content, unless you've, for whatever reason, structured your show to where that's just, that just wouldn't fit, fit out. Um, but you, you have that engagement. So you got that constant feedback. So you always know that there's an avenue with which to improve. And you have people that are actively listening to you so you can kind of gauge how that's going. But if you're just throwing something out there, you you see the download numbers if that's what you're paying attention to, but you don't know how how many listens you're getting, how intent are they listening, or they just have it on the background or whatever else. But once you have the engagement, that kind of brings all of that into a, a real tangible um, uh, force of feedback. Yeah. And, you know, as, as an example of that in the, in the challenge there, right, is you usually have to get to thousands of listeners before you get what I would call real engagement. Mm -hmm. And and I'll use the, we have concerns podcast as an example. Um, I'm assuming you listen to that one. I don't know if mm -hmm. you, if you actively do, but I'm sure you've heard it before with, oh, yeah. with Jeff Canada and Anthony Carboni. And they just recently started a Facebook group, right? But they have thousands of people listening to their podcast so to get 500 or a thousand people in their group and some level of that engaged is something they can achieve, but that's harder for us to do. And, you know, for instance, I started the Facebook page and it's hard, right? People don't want to be the first to like you or don't want to be the first to comment. And you always have some loyal listeners who are good about doing things. But one of the reasons I haven't made a big deal about it is you feel kind of, you feel dumb, you know, you're like, okay, I want people to go there and say something, but you know that only a small, small percentage of your audience is really going to be engaged. But that's the, that's the difference, right? The difference between having one and 2% engaged and 10% engaged can go a long way is like you said, creating content and getting other people aware. I will say that I know that my growth has come from a lot of it's been organic from person A telling person B and mm -hmm. so on. Mm -hmm. And so I know the audience is engaged at some level that they are listening to the plea to do the, the simplest thing, which is you can secretly behind closed doors, not in any social media platform, tell others about the podcast. But I encourage that because that alone is a huge thing. Cause then you will get a boisterous person who will tell everybody that they like it. Right. And, and those are, you know, you got to work on that mix, but I get more engagement literally currently with my Facebook page. I've gotten more engagement from places like Africa and India and, and other places that I do even in the U S and, you know, part of it is that people, you know, we're all overwhelmed 
I mean, I, how, how many Twitter followers do you have and how many of them are active or again, it's a very different thing. I have 1500 followers on Facebook, me as a person, when I send out a tweet, I know only about 10% of those people actually even see the tweet and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe 10% of that group even pays attention to what you tweeted. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so that part's always going to be tough for those of us who don't have this big audience. And again, you know, I've, I've mentioned Tom Merritt and some others, but even though Tom's been doing DTS, DTNS only for a few years, he came from that background. So he had a huge following even the day he started the podcast. Right. And whereas you and I and others, we started from ground zero, right? And what you're talking about with, for instance, ritual misery, or even this, no one knew you as someone who talked about podcasting. Right. Right. And so you're trying to build an audience about talking about podcasting and that's a difficult thing. But what helps is you've done some cross branding, like you did have Stargate pioneer on, and he then mentions the undaunted podcast to his group of people that he's talking to about podcasting. And I I think that's probably one of the most important things for fellow podcasters. And that's actually what sparked the idea of the undaunted podcast was I wanted to hear other people's stories and not just the, the, Hey, uh, Tell me about uh, tell me about how you got started in podcasting, and uh, then we'll just uh, cut out of here. That that just seems boring to me. I wanted to get more into what's gone wrong. What what surprised you that really went right? And you know, if you look through your your own perspective, um, how like what what advice would you give other people? Like, hey, don't do this, or everybody should do this because it took me three years before I got there. And wanting to have those conversations with other podcasters. I needed a platform in which to do it. So uh, this podcast came out about it. And so far it's been, it's been really fun. And I'm, again, it's something I'm really passionate about. So that's why I continue to do it. Yeah. And, and as you probably know, I mean, you've learned, just think about how much more you've learned having those conversations. Yes, you're sharing it with everybody. And that's just an, an add on, right? That's like mm-hmm. frosting on the cake. Here you are getting a chance to do a podcast. So you get that experience, but you're getting that wealth of knowledge as well. And for those listening to the podcast, we all, you know, and that's the thing I've enjoyed all these different types of, of guests you've had on because each of them have come from a different perspective. You know, maybe they have come from never having done a podcast, or maybe they've done lots of podcasts. It really doesn't matter. Each can have something to offer that the other one didn't, or each comes from a perspective and a new way of thinking about it that someone else before them did not. Right. Right. Or, or lessons that they learned that, that, uh, you know, here, here recently I've talked to somebody who said, um, you know, so-and-so said, don't do, don't ever do this, but I did that anyway. And it worked splendidly. Well, that's a different perspective on the advice that we have for each other. And in this big community around this art form, because I really do think it's, it's an art form. It's just, it's just like singing or making a movie or whatever else. It's, it's putting a creative project out there, whether it's, based on knowledge or based on experience or based on attempting to make people laugh or just relating to with people, you're putting together a creative project and you're putting it out there. And it's, it's, it's the, the more we all do together and the more we share, the better all of us are going to do. And the more this is more, this art form is going to be legitimized and possibly profitable for some people. (laughs) For a few of us anyways. I, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned the creativity thing. And I, I guess every time I look at podcasting, I don't think of myself as being an artist, but I will agree with you that it's definitely a creative outlet. And if you don't see what you were doing in that space as being creative, then again, 
you probably need to rethink about what you're podcasting about. And, and it's to my same point earlier, it, it's got to be something. And that's one of the things, even when, when I'm working on an episode, I want to learn something. Because mm-hmm. then I'm engaged. And if I'm engaged, I have a better chance of sharing something that I think will be of value to someone listening on the other end. Now, real quick, before we, before we close out here, um, you, have, you have a podcast about the weather, which is kind of universal. Everyone in the entire planet is affected by the weather. But you don't have a podcast where it's like, hey, let's explain this phenomenon. You kind of always take it from this different view to relate real like daily activities or or Mario Kart or something else outside the weather to the weather and show how everything's kind of linked up and how and why you should why you should care. Yeah, you know, it and that's kind of where I tried to set myself out a little differently. Like I said, a lot of the people in weather that got into podcasting, they're always giving people a weather forecast. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just what they do every day. And so I looked at it and said, what can I do that's a little different? And and I do touch on the science, but it's a very small piece of what I do. My goal is to say, here is something like weather. Weather is happening. It's going on all around us all the time. We get up, there's weather. We go to sleep, there's weather. Some days weather bothers you. Other days it doesn't. But the reality is weather itself is not usually the thing that you think about. It's, it's kind of a second order problem. I was talking to somebody about this earlier. It's more of what does weather do to the other things in your life? Mm. How does it make you want to buy ice cream or how does it change the price of gasoline? And what's different about that is one, like I said, that's, that's kind of the world I've been in with meteorology. A lot of my meteorology background was designing products or doing research on how it impacts the decisions that people make. So I look at weather and I love weather. I mean, it, you know, anybody who follows me on Twitter knows I take these pictures and, and I, I love just being out in it. But I also know that for most people, it's about what am I doing in everyday life that I need to think about weather? And, you know, I never thought about that angle of it. And, and again, sometimes it does hit the science of weather, but a lot of times it hits the realities of, you know, how influential, and, and we talked about this before, how influential is weather in why we have Mario Kart or why D-Day happened the way it did, or the reason that we don't speak Spanish, or, <laughs> you know, I even did one recently that got tons of download, which is how do insects survive the winter? I had no idea that people were going to really like that, but apparently they did. Right. right? And, and so that's the other thing. Sometimes you hit, and sometimes you miss with those things, but, but the goal in the end is to look at what this phenomenon is this science that's going on around us, but really we all just, we take it for granted. So maybe dig it into the next layer, dig it into the things that make people, you know, have thoughts or appreciate something in a way that maybe they didn't otherwise. And and again, hopefully not only do I learn something along the way, but the people that are listening, learn something a little different than what they knew before. And what's your next podcast going to be about? That's a good question. (laughs) Maybe it's going to be about the weather. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know. I, right now I'm comfortable with the, I've got this one thing going and and that's enough. I do think that what I want to get into maybe next is one that does have a co-host or that's a little more involved. I do think my podcast is, I'm going to probably start doing some interviewing, but I've got to get some equipment in place and listen to more podcasts about you complaining about OPS or whatever sound mixer thing and try to figure all that out before I do it. But I think I, I want to do something where there's a little more banter involved back and forth between people. Now, whether weather is the prime 
component of that. There's a good chance it would be, but I, you know, I'm also, I love tech and that sort of thing. So it could be something in the technology space as well. I, I, I really don't know. I, you know, I'm always thinking about it, but I'm right now I'm, I'm focused on the one I've got and it keeps me plenty busy. I don't, unlike you, I don't need to add three or four podcasts into my life to, uh, feel like it, you know, I I've reached some crescendo that I need to reach, you know, each episode. And, and I don't know how long, how long for you does a, a normal ritual misery episode take from beginning to end? How many hours? To include the prep work and, uh, into release. Yeah. All it, that. It's, it's, it's a, usually an hour to an hour and a half episode. And the prep work is usually one or one to two hours before the show. And publishing takes about three by the time I've edited video and edited, edited audio. I had it down a little bit, but now I'm recording audio separately so that I can have a very high quality audio product and keep the video product as kind of like the secondary, like, oh, here's the video. Um, but the audio kind of takes front front and uh, center stage. So um, I'm, I'm at about, was that about six hours? For one hour, right? Show? So, so now I understand why you want to do more podcasts. No, I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> an average episode for me, it's only, you know, I aim for thirty minutes. I'm sometimes above or below that a little bit. Takes me on average eight to ten hours. Wow. So, so much of that. Part of it is because I'm doing it myself, but part of it is I really do dig into these topics. Mm -hmm. And so, just that research component, which I, which I like doing, even though it takes a long time. So the back end part from the time I hit record to when I have it up and loaded, you know, recording any post-processing I need to do and up, that's an hour and a half to two hours of it. That, that really is, you know, it's kind of the same for you. I, I, I've got that down to a nice science that I can just, here's checklist, boom, 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 run yep, through all those exactly. things. But the research on the front end, that's the part that takes me a long time. So I, I guess the way I look at it is I don't need to add another one quite yet. Unless I'm going to add something where I can kind of show up. And that's where I think some either a panel or some sort of co-hosted show would be the next step that I might look to. Uh, how, how many topics do you have brewing at a time? Is it just, oh, I'm going to do this this week, so I'm going to research all of this? Or do you have several topics that are, that are open that you're kind of just adding to and adding to? And by the end of the week, you figure out, okay, this is the one that I've got the most information on. No, I could never. That, that would I would probably <laughs> shoot myself in the head if we got to that stage. Um, I... I try to, when I'm looking ahead, like, you know, beginning of the months, next months, I've already got some of my July episodes and some of my August episodes scheduled. I, you know, I can change the date certainly, but I'll have a couple more that I need to place in. But at the beginning of the week, I have an episode in mind and I, I have to hunker down and focus just on that. Now I have some other ones. If I think of ideas, I'll write notes down, but it's, it's really just make sure you hit this point if you cover this topic. But aside from that, the one I'm on that week, I am on that topic and I just have to run with it because otherwise, you know, a lot of times I'm pulling up journal articles or other things that I'm digging into or to have enough depth to talk about the topic for a while. And I found this out. I, I taught a meteorology course at, at Georgia Tech this past semester, and it was a reminder of me that knowing your topic and knowing it in your own head versus knowing enough to teach somebody else. And that's kind of what I feel like is happening. Someone in my podcast to share enough that you have a, a depth of knowledge that you know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. That takes knowing it that much deeper and important aspect of it. So you end up with those multiple hours looking into a, a single, let's say 20 minute segment. That's, it, it, that's one of the things that I would love to do. If I had the time, there's several topics that I would love to do. 
take a deep dive on to and, and really look into, but I just, uh, that's just so much time that I just don't have. Well, then you just need to give up one of your other podcasts uh, or, or my daytime job. That'd be great. Um, <laughs> somehow we have to keep paying the bills that, that, that it's, little subtle thing always seems to get in the way. It really, really does. It really does. And unfortunately that's that, that drive itself is what stops a lot of people from podcasting is because they just don't feel that they, that they have the time. That's true. That's true. So, um, Finally, my my last thing that I like to talk to people about, and we, we've already discussed so much of this during this episode, but advice for other podcasters, whether they're novices or they haven't quite got into podcasting yet, or they've been doing it for 10 years. Like what advice would you give Tom Merritt? Well, I don't know that I can give Tom Merritt any advice. I, you know, but actually you'd look at that and I would say, make sure you're podcasting about something you're interested in. And I, I mentioned that previously, but if he wasn't if he didn't really enjoy that topic, I don't think he would sound as convincing as he does. I mean, you you walk away from an episode listening to Tom and you really feel like he wanted to talk to you about that. And right. I think if he lost that, you would you would see it right away. So one is be interested in whatever it is. Pick something that interests you. That doesn't mean that you have to go down a certain road or path with it, but at least make it a baseline that it's not just something that you find, oh, okay, but that, that you really – that you like talking about. If someone were to walk up to you, is it a subject that you would just start talking with them about whether it's the individual story or not? Yeah. You're always going to have to cover some things that maybe you're not as comfortable with. The other thing is look to others, whether it's in your field or just in general in podcasting, make sure you're listening to some podcast and look at each type and go, this is what I like about what they do and don't do and try to incorporate that into your style. But I'd also tell people I'm a bit of a, of a perfectionist. And that was one of the things that held me back. You don't need to be throw it out there. And as some of your previous guests have talked about, if you know, you go through eight episodes and it's not working in that direction, the beauty is it is a medium that's easy to kind of switch up. Mm-hmm. and make changes and adjust and don't be afraid to do that as well. You know, I'm, I've mentioned some new things I'm thinking about. It's, it's time, it's time to work in some new things. And that's the benefit of what we do is it is a very flexible, you know, it's like an empty canvas, they say, so we can change it however we want to, you know, we're not all Bob Ross that aren't going to put little trees in the forest next to the river and <laughs> have big curly hair. Some of us are you know, going to do abstract art, mm-hmm. but sometimes you might put abstract and then go to realist on top of it. It doesn't matter. Be, you know, be prepared to change and be flexible and, you know, do always think about each episode. Do take the time to listen to it or have someone else listen to it and say, what do you, you know, what was one thing that I could have done better? No, don't rate yourself over the coals. You know, just take one thing and say, oh, that's interesting. I'll try to work on that. So I won't say so, so, so many times during, you know, the next episode sort of thing. And, you know, the last part is what I just mentioned is do make sure you're giving it the time that you need. Because if if you're rushed and trying to create what you're creating, people are going to notice that and aren't going to be as inclined to enjoy it. All sound, sound advice. Thank you so much for uh, for coming with us today and uh, joining us on this journey. Uh, where can people find more about you? Well, there's two ways they can try to reach up with me. One is me as an individual. So you can on, look for on me on Twitter, Instagram, Instagram, at, definitely Instagram. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> and, and I have a Google photos page. People can look at that too. I, 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 I like doing photos of the weather. If you like lightning shots and that sort of thing, you'll like that, but it's, it's at 
Mark with a K underscore Jelinek, and that's J-E-L-I-N-E-K. The other way people can get me, of course, is the podcast itself. And that's it. As you mentioned, what is it about the weather.com? Or if you're looking for it on Facebook or Twitter, those things, it's just the initials W-I-I-A-T-W. So what is it about the weather? Just take that either way. You do a search. That's the benefit. If you do a search for either one of those things in Google, the likelihood is the podcast is going to show up right away. That's that's awesome. Uh, we should probably should have done that, done that for the things that we do. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Ethan Kane. You can find the show on Twitter at Undaunted Cast. If you're looking for either myself or the show anywhere else, good luck. Uh, once we, as we've mentioned, social media it's hard. And of course, you can cruise on over to RitualMisery.com to find out all the, the different projects that I and my co-host Kent are working on. Thank you to Kevin McLeod for allowing us to use your music. And for me, for Mark, and for all the aspiring and veteran podcasters, thank you for joining us on this journey. <laughs>